Hi, everybody, and welcome to Therefore I Geek. I'm Andrew. And I'm back. We're all back. Christmas break is over and we're back. Well, to them, I don't think they would have noticed we were gone, right? The way we released the episodes. We did a lot of bank episodes. Uh, we did a couple bank episodes. So this is episode 136 for us. Uh, yeah. We did miss a week here because I got stuck in Phoenix an extra week due to snow. Not in Phoenix and, and elsewhere. Yes. And as, as the, the rest of the East Coast got dumped in snow, uh, I got stuck in Phoenix. Fun fun story on that one, though, how we figured, how we figured out our flight was canceled. So... We get up to the counter. First off, Phoenix has this new setup with Southwest that's just utterly fucking stupid. Oh, God. They have no, like, regular full-service check-in line. So it's just like, oh, yeah, go up to any one of the counters. Which one? So we ended up going to, like, three different counters as people start walking away from them. Like, <laughs> like as the, you get to them, they leave. Yeah. They like, see like, you coming, they take off. Yeah, like, what the fuck? So we get checked in. The woman checks in uh, Becky and the baby first. And then I get my idea because I'm dragging, like, four suitcases because she's got the baby. So it takes me a, a little minute longer so we get our bags checked everything we head upstairs get ready to go into security and you know we, we usually take a moment to kind of gather ourselves and, and make sure we're kind of ready to go through security you know i take off i usually wear like a, a big metal belt so even if i get tsa pre-check i gotta take that off because it's gonna set off the metal detector so we stop for a second and becky start goes to hand me my ticket and it's ticket singular even though we have a layover she and the baby both have two tickets i have one like mm -hmm. okay well that's weird like mm. The, the the extra one must not have printed. So I go, there happens to be like a check-in kiosk right near security for Southwest. So I go, I try and check in again, still only one. Hmm. As I'm walking back, Becky got a text message from her mother saying our flight from Baltimore to Norfolk was canceled. So what happened was in the 30 seconds between her printing off Becky and Malcolm's ticket and my ticket is when the flight got canceled. Oh, geez. Yeah. So that's why I only had one boarding pass. Interesting. Yeah. So we ended up in, in Phoenix for an extra three days which of all of the ways for this trip that to have gone sideways getting stuck for an extra three days at my parents house where they've got all the baby stuff and diapers and everything it's really not a bad deal no 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 plus it's it funny, was uh, plus it was 75 where at home it was 17 right, right. It, it makes you it makes me appreciate how nice it is to live in the in the southwest corner of the united the continental united states except for the parts because, where your state's on fire right that happened a few times i thought I don't, I don't Has know when the last time happening? we talked. It, season's over, and we had a bunch of rain the beginning of this week over the last weekend. Well, that's good. So we're we're good on that one. But I I don't know if I mentioned the podcast. I had a show I was doing in North County when North County was burning up. So like I was doing a show in North County, and they were issuing evacuation orders for parts of Vista and Oceanside. I, you know, I feel like you didn't tell me about we didn't talk about that on the podcast. And I, I'm wondering, I can't remember if I shared the um the picture from when you and I and Chris and Jessa and our significant others all went to Disneyland and there was a fire next to Disneyland. Yes, that was in the Anaheim Hills. So here's yep. what's funny. Both friends of the program, our friend Baruch and Chris, who, who we have had on were in the evacuation zone. Damn, I didn't realize Chris actually ended up in, in one. I know you mentioned Baruch ended up in one. Yeah, so what was funny is because I'm at the show. I'm hosting that night. It was actually a, a lot of fun. It was a good show. We we, we were overflowing. And what, a side note was really funny is in the showroom, it was super hot. I mean, super hot. It was weird. The showroom was in the back of a high-end surfing apparel store, but it was like weird. a legit venue. It had stage and sound and lights and everything and seating. It was really, it was a legit venue, but it was just part of this high-end surfing apparel store, which is basically a store that rich people buy $500 clothes to look like they're wearing $15 clothes. But you know what? It's their money. They can do with it what they want. But what was funny is we oversold, the guy who was booking it oversold the 
tickets. So we had a bunch of people like like watching from the outside because the facade of the one of the facades of the building was glass. So they're watching, but they're cold because at night it gets cold in the southwest. So the people outside who are watching the show are cold, and the people inside are burning up, and the people outside want those like. Stand, propane standalone heaters turned on. Right. But the people inside don't because the wind is blowing through the showroom and that's their only relief. So <laughs> no one was, no one got half, no one won in that situation. But like I called Baruch up and he, I was like, hey man, do you have evacuation order? Because we're, we're in South County and we'll be fine. And he goes, oh yeah, that's like five minutes from me. And he sends a picture of the fire glow. Like he was that close. He could like cell phone picture. See that glow? That's a fire. I was like, damn, I've, son. I, I have seen that before. There was actually one time when I was a kid. My uh, folks woke me up, and we drove... We we're up in Sedona, and we drove way north. I don't know. I don't know where or for how long, but there was there was a forest fire coming down, and you could see like individual trees going up. It was like holy shit. Yeah, and then yeah, it, it gets crazy. And it was funny because like you, I grew up in the in the Northeast. It gets cold when it snows. You're like, all right, you know what? Let's. It's snowing. It's pretty bad, but we still go to the movies. Still go to the concert. When it's a fire, your house might not be there when it comes back. Right. When it comes, it's like that. That stuff's permanent. I was like, oh, okay. You know what? Southwest winds that one i'll give you that one so yeah, yeah right. exciting so, so what's let's on the yeah what's on, what's on, on the, the agenda craziness all right so you were kind of stuck doing all sorts of stuff and i was stuck screwing around on the internet for the last couple weeks so i posted a bunch of stuff on our facebook page and we got a lot of really good interaction and one article i posted that we got no interaction on but we're still going to talk about it because it has topics that are near and dear to my heart three of them in fact and they are bitchy celebrities video games and the first amendment so this is an interesting story i picked this up off reason magazine's uh the volick conspiracy blog and it is lindsey lohan this is a uh, dateline january 3rd lindsey lohan grand theft auto 5 and the first amendment and the right of publicity and basically the story is that a the video game Grand Theft Auto V, a computer game that has two characters allegedly based on Lindsay Lohan and on Karen Gravano from a reality show called Mob Wives that I didn't know existed and could have lived my entire life not knowing it existed and would have been fine. And you're Lohan from Jersey saying that. Yes, I am. Where there are Lohan actual, and, actual Mob Wives. There are apt, they're totally, they're, I believe she's from that era. Anyway, uh, Lohan Gravano sued the game company Take-Two Interactive Software, claiming that it violates what is generally called their right of publicity, but also known as right of privacy in New York. That the right is often labeled as exclusive right to control the use of one's name, likeness, and other attributes of identity for commercial purposes. But that shorthand can't be entirely accurate since... That would ban a wide range of First Amendment protected speech, such as unauthorized biographies and even newspaper articles about people, since movies, books, and newspapers are generally commercial ventures. So essentially what this is saying is that Lohan and this mob wife were not happy that video game renders of them appeared in Grand Theft Auto V, which is set in L.A. And we're not going to go through the whole thing here. These are just kind of one of those funny things when the First Amendment and art intersect. You guys, if you've been listening to the podcast long enough, will remember our very long uh, tracking on the story of... Star Trek Axanar. So this kind of falls into it. I don't think it's as big a story as Star Trek Axanar, but 
if you want to read the amicus brief that Professor Volokh and his law office wrote, you can find it on our Facebook page. You can find it at reason.com. And essentially, their argument is uh, as follows. Uh, just find the right paragraph. This case appears to involve the same literary trope as in the works discussed above, and they go through a, whole, a video game. A video game set in contemporary Los Angeles may include characters based on actual celebrities or a mob boss's uh, wife or daughter turned reality TV star and Lindsay Lohan, a child actress whom many grew up with, to realistically invoke Los Angeles celebrity culture. These artistic choices shape the message that creators are trying to convey, and broadly construing the right of privacy would nullify, undo, uh, would, excuse me, would broadly construe the right of privacy would unduly limit the First Amendment exceptions and they go through a litany of bullet points such as video games are protected by the First Amendment as are other expressive works New York State cases have largely with some exceptions not relevant here read the relevant state statute as limited to commercial advertising so you can't use Lindsay Lohan's face to sell toothpaste New York cases have read the statute as limited to explicit use of a person's name or likeness, and the court should somehow narrowly construe the state, the statute to avoid First Amendment problems, problems that have amply manifested themselves in those jurisdictions that have used less speech protective tests for the right of publicity. So essentially what Professor Volokh and his law firm are saying is that Lohan's suit against the video game company in New York court is a very broad interpretation of the right of publicity or privacy that if interpreted the way Lohan and mob boss, mob wife's lawyers wanted to, will have severe First Amendment implications for anything across the board, not just video games. We were talking offline. If you guys have been reading Marvel lately, you will notice that the likenesses of the actors in the movies are starting to appear for the characters that you're seeing in print and that's protected and if what well, you know if yeah. that's the case that you we could wind up with them having to pay royalties or getting sued or marvel getting sued by these celebrities although i i would suspect that in general companies like marvel who have films with the, with actors in these roles have some level of permission in their contracts to use their likeness i'm almost certain that's the case for marvel now but having said I'm, that imagine if that were something different right well the exception to that being samuel L. jackson is nick fury where mm -hmm. that that character originated not nick fury but that appearance of the character like looking like samuel L. jackson originated in the ultimate universe mm -hmm. as a drive to try and get samuel L. jackson to play the character right so that was a, a chicken before the egg if you will right 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 so interesting little story i will keep an eye on it uh, and see how it progresses i have a feeling lohan and mob wife are going to lose this case but we will we will see now moving on to a story that andrew told us told me we did cover here i don't remember it <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna visit this again real quickly uh, this is from November 10th of last year. Rain Johnson to create new Star Wars trilogy. Now, apparently, we talked about this briefly like, oh, let's see how he do, does with Last Jedi. And then, we'll, you know, we'll, we can talk about something more concrete. Now we are five weeks after the release of Last Jedi. It is one of the most highest grossing movies of all time. I believe it is now the highest grossing movie of 2017. What do you think about Rain Johnson getting an entire trilogy to himself? Now, out of curiosity, is, does it say as writer, as director, as everything? Do, 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 do. So Walt Disney Company announced Thursday that Rain Johnson will craft a new trilogy for the Star Wars universe, greatly expanding the director's command over the ever-expanding space saga created by George Lucas. Uh, the announcement made by Disney 
Chief Bywer on a call with investment analysts constituted a most ambitious new foray into the Star Wars galaxy, moving beyond the original nine films. I don't see it as I'm skimming over it right now. I don't see that they're not they're non-specific. Oh, oh, here we go. Found it. Johnson will write and direct the first film of the trilogy, working with his producing partner Ram Bergman. So for certain, the first one will be written and directed by him. It's fair to assume that he'll probably take a kind of J.J. Abrams role. Uh, yeah, probably. It's, it's probable to to think that he'll take a role in the following two. Um, I, I'm okay with that. Not mm -hmm. I'm not 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 super enthused. Right. I mean, I, th I think obviously. So you very much did not like Last Jedi. Correct. I thought it was all right. It wasn't my favorite. I liked Force Awakens more, but I thought it was okay. So I don't think he's going to do a bad job, but I don't think he's going to do like I'm, I don't expect to be blown out of the water by him. And I'm I'm really curious with the mixed fan reaction mm -hmm. if they're going to double down on this one or if it's going right. to be he's going to get one film out of three. Right. Because I mean, in what I said at the time, I think we were is when we were talking about the director of Episode Nine getting replaced. I think is when this came up okay you know i wanted to see what he did before they just started giving him all kinds of all kinds of stuff and right as a fans we wanted to see that what disney disney unlike some of the previous disney movies or, and even marvel superhero movies there were not a lot of reshoots for last jedi so disney disney was very it appears that disney was very confident in the last jedi going forward and they liked what they saw and they were confident in rain uh, ryan excuse me ryan i keep calling him rain ryan johnson's ability moving forward so they they kind of had information we didn't at the time yeah but as a fan you're feeling cautiously optimistic is it was what i'm picking up here cautious mm -hmm. is definitely part of it um yeah i mean i'm not i'm not losing my mind over this especially after having seen last jedi but right yeah i guess cautiously optimistic i don't like i said i don't think he's gonna blow me away but i don't think he's gonna i don't think i'm gonna go home sad right i'm actually slightly more optimistic i might surprise you here while i didn't enjoy last jedi i do like ryan johnson as a filmmaker you know one of my favorite he made one of my favorite movies brick about 13 years ago oh god that movie's good i gotta watch that again yeah, yeah it's really great looper and he did the brothers bloom so these are fun movies and Part of me wants to believe that if he gets away from the central saga and he has a little more room to do his thing, I think fans may respond more positively to the to another project by him. That would be my guess. And I understand the fan base currently is now split on how they feel about Last Jedi. And in some cases, I think justifiably so. But I, I am actually okay giving him another chance because this time he's not mucking with the, the main spine of the saga. And maybe there's more room for his unique vision to flourish and be more accepted by fans. Now, without trying to dive too deep into this particular uh, hole, mm -hmm. did you have issues with just the writing or the direction or everything? So his direction, I've always liked him as a director. I don't think his directing visually was bad in Last Jedi. Okay. I break the Last Jedi into three problems, you know, the, uh, the biggest coming first and then the kind of the more controversial coming down is I think the problems with Last Jedi are can be broken into three phases. One was kind of, inadequate world building, two was narrative choices, and three was characters. And I think most fans had a problem with the world building because it's still foggy and it doesn't make much sense and there's a lot of weird holes. I think as you go down the list, some fans were okay with the narrative choices, some weren't. And again, as you go further down, when I say characters, it's that character development and what he did with the characters, right. which could be connected to the narrative choices. But I separated them because it's, do you like watching these people on screen? And do you like what he did with them? Um, and I think, again, there's some controversy there, but I do think that was a flaw from my perspective in that film. Okay. Um, but having seen his previous films, he's good at a lot of this stuff. So... 
So maybe if he's off doing his own thing where he can take characters in a direction that they're not legacy characters that so many of the fans have an identified with and they have a kind of legacy zeitgeist in the fans' minds, that that was some of what the fans had a problem with. I actually didn't have that much of a problem with that aspect of the movie. Right. Um, but I think he can get away with it and, and people would embrace taking a, a different look at it. Like I remember watching Rogue One and being okay with the Deanna Luga character, Luna character, because it was a different rebel soldier than we were used to seeing. Uh, yeah, and, and it, it has not been announced, though, it's likely that it is not going to be a saga story. Right, so, right, right. And I mean, that's why I think that's, that's where, I, where I'm optimistic about it. Okay. So, I, so I, I, I'm going to surprise people. Even though I wasn't a fan of the saga story, I might, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what he can do because I still have trust in him as a creative force. So on the topic of fan bases being split, I did want to talk about this briefly. I posted a bunch of stuff on the Facebook page about The Last Jedi. So I think there are two things can be true at the same time, and we can have a reasonable discussion about them, which I don't think was happening online based on what I saw, not on our page, but on in other venues was... I mean, I'm curious that I'm more surprised that you believe that reasonable discussions can happen online, but go, go on. Please, please go forward. En- <laughs> there's a, enlighten me. There's a part of me that feels that still holds out hope. I mean, if I remember correct, hope. if I remember correctly, I told you to go drown yourself in a toilet. So, you know, that's also probably true. So, so last Jedi, whatever. It is fair to say that the fan base is split on The Last Jedi. Absolutely. And, and it, I think that is, is fair to say because you just look at the Rotten Tomatoes score from the fans. It was almost split down the middle. I do not believe it was trolling by the alt-right because feminism. I think that's stupid. I, I think that was trolls trying to take credit for things that they had no say in. I mean, it, um, it may have been internet trolling, but it wasn't the alt-right. Right. It, but even then, if it were, even if it were internet trolling, I, I, trolling to that scale, I don't think would have done that. And even there's an uh, article on the Huffington Post that were the guys from Rotten Tomatoes are basically quoted as saying, no, we, we don't think it's trolling because they monitor that stuff. I don't have the article in front of me, but some trolling is involved. Yes. Again, it can be fair and say some trolling was involved. But again, certainly, if not a clean 50-50 split, a significant mi- minority of the fan base had in many cases legit complaints about that film some not legit but were legit what is not fair to say which is a lot of those people who didn't like the film were saying and trying to use really faulty numbers about the last jedi was that it failed or was a letdown that's crazy yeah the numbers do not back that up not at all and what they were doing was well it's 30 percent less than force awakens this many days into its release and it's behind jurassic world and all this kind of crap not realizing that be that as it may it's still the number one movie in 2017 not just that i mean both of those films are pointing to force awakens and jurassic world were unbelievably beyond expectation especially jurassic world yes that actually that was the one i was specifically thinking of but even force awakens people thought oh yeah star wars is gonna go do well right even even the most uh maligned of the prequels still brought in you know fucking wheelbarrows full of cash but yes yes and that's that's entirely it was we 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 touched this topic on the justice league avenger uh comparison and i i do want to bring it back to that for one brief second is comparing last jedi to a movie of such historical significance as, as force awakens is just not fair to the last jedi it's still 
made bank. It still made the studio money. It still did real. Yes, it's 30, 25% behind, but it's a sequel. And okay, it didn't quite have the, the word of mouth that last uh, Force Awakens said, but you can't tell me the franchise is doomed when you just made another billion dollars. That's yeah. just not accurate. Yeah. And no, as the, the, the counter argument I would make to that, and, and I, agree, I agree to some extent with, with the Justice League Avengers thing, and you and I have talked about this extensively. Right. Yes. If you compare approximate ticket sales, because you can actually do that on Box Office Mojo, mm-hmm. Avengers sold more tickets in its opening weekend than Justice League did in, in all over three weeks. Sure, yeah, and physical ticket sales is really where you want to look at. Right, and, and, and that's approximate number of tickets. That's right. I mean, again, Avengers is a certainly a, a, a touchstone moment, mm-hmm. but you know, th- I mean, there's there's kind of your comparison. Right, Phys- physical ticket sales are, are it's important, but to just say, well, it didn't match Last Jedi again, you just got to come. You got eight hundred million dollars in two weeks for the Last Jedi is pretty darn good. And again, if you look at the budget and you look at total grosses and how much it did in in 2017 i believe when it's all said and done it's gonna be the third or fourth highest grossing movie you know of all time that's that's good basically what i'm seeing here is star wars is becoming is is having a good problem it's becoming a victim of its own success those films are doing so well that when you have a movie like like last jedi that does slightly less well than its counterparts people start screaming the sky is falling and as far as i can see this is kind of a good problem to have so so currently last jedi is sitting sixth in overall all-time domestic right. gross mm-hmm. okay and it hasn't closed it it may not close the gap the next closest one is avengers at 623 million mm-hmm. so it's got about 30 million to catch up to avengers mm-hmm. it may or may not make that but even still top 10 so, number six yeah, top, top 10, 10 that's four five six is impressive. still pretty darn good like that's yeah, that's still pretty darn good. So 20, now now twenty seventeen as a side note has will have will have two films in the top top ten. Was it Beauty and the Beast in Star Wars? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's like look at Beauty and the Beast. Are you gonna tell me that didn't do well? You're crazy. Right. <laughs> You're crazy. What did, how many tickets did Beauty and the Beast sell? Something like almost sixty million, fifty eight million. Uh, give me a second. I, I checked that at one point and it was gigantic. Uh, it's it's not sorry. Not Box over, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Here we go. 56 million, almost okay, 58 so, or almost 57. There you go. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's great. So now where you can make an argument, a predictive argument, not a, a not an objective fact argument, but a predictive argument is maybe the fan base could have some fatigue. They might not be interested in a following Star Wars film. There might be a little bit of a letdown. We'll see what happens with Han Solo coming out in May. It, it, I'm not ruling out the possibility that a Star Wars film particularly now that the volume has picked up could get kicked in the dick somewhere along the lines i'm not ruling that out yeah and han solo i mean we know has had issues yes that's also true um so there's and and the release date's kind of strange it's coming out in may but let's let's take a deep breath and actually use facts and 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 proper comparative analysis and contacts and not cherry pick stuff before we start going crazy i won't rule it out but i've Call me when some when one of these Star Wars movies does Justice League numbers, and then we'll talk. Right. Then then we'll talk. So uh, speaking of Justice League, I did want to briefly we talked about this probably on one of our recap, and we probably talked about this when Justice League came out. How the Zack Snyder era of Justice League or DC films is basically over, and Hollywood Reporter Dateline January fourth, twenty eighteen. Walter Hamada 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 Hamada. Let's go with Hamada. Hamada. Walter Hamada is named president of DC. based film production. So now DC has a new man at the helm, and we were talking about this a little bit offline. When we can talk about 
Mr. Hamada's era will basically start. We, we think will basically start after Aquaman comes out next or this year. Yeah. Uh, now, I don't know much about this guy. I don't know what else he's done or what other movies he's been behind. Um, let's look at – oh, okay. So he's been um, one of the executives behind the massively successful Conjuring horror movies made by Warner Brothers, New Line Division, and now has been named president of the DC-based film production. So – Wasn't he also involved with It? Maybe. I feel I like that know. was a th- – I'm trying to find this article now. Okay. Yeah, uh – let me just take a look at the the title of the article there with it conjuring. Oh yes, I was it was I had to scroll down. I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah, it and Con- well look those those two movies while horror movies did pretty darn good. Um, and I've talked about this before. You get a you you do a smart budget, you do a killer marketing campaign like the way it definitely did had a smart budget and then played on that nostalgia pump did really well so yeah. hopefully if you've got a guy who's smart about how to make a film and then hopefully will surround himself with people who know the source material and know what fans really want we could be seeing potentially see a comeback of dc films in the next five ten years not saying it's going to happen but it's potential yeah i'd be i'd be curious to see what happens with aquaman i mean so i mean do you have any thoughts i'm just curious what do you think now you basically got a horror guy coming in doing comic books what do you think i mean not being a horror person myself i am unfamiliar with the work he's been involved with mm-hmm. like just just thoroughly un- uninformed um right. having said that i mean dc had to do something yeah they did that they, they they really had to i mean you and i both agree justice league was not nowhere near as bad as critics and a lot of fans gave it crap for correct but it was i mean financially it's been a disappointment totally there there's, there's no argument that can be nope. made on that one. None. So, yeah, DC had to do something. And personally, from an aesthetic point of view, I'm a little tired of the Zack Snyder look. Yeah, and a lot of people are. You know, I mean, I think Zack Snyder does does fine work, but there's only so much of his work I can take. And when it's every DC film I've ever seen, mm-hmm. I get bored. I mean, that's one of the things I liked most about Wonder Woman is it looked less Zack Snydery because mm-hmm. it wasn't his influence was very, very small. And I think. Snyder going off and doing his own thing when he comes back to work, I think will be interesting because, you know, he I think he is a creative guy and I'm not going to say that he's this great american director i've never said that i've always said his movies are fun and they're kind of how should I, kind of off the beaten path of what most movies are and i have always at least enjoyed the novelty i should just say novelty novelty of his movies so but well, i agree with you it's the, just, the, you the don't guy want is not every Hitch- superhero the guy's not hitchcock or john ford or even not, james no. cameron but he right. makes an entertaining movie they're fun yeah again they're fun i'm not gonna i always say this I, when i come out of a movie that i think is fun you know i'm not gonna think too hard about it yeah. uh so this is another little bit i did want to talk about jumanji jumanji's been flying under the radar for a little while it came out a week after star wars last jedi and it has done something i can't think certainly not in my living memory a major blockbuster i think we have to call it a blockbuster even though it came out in the winter has done it opens at number two behind another major blockbuster but not only holds its ground overtakes it in and holds its and then holds its ground at the number one spot for two weeks for two weekends yeah and i i just I would never have bet that. I mean, I always like to make predictions. I would never have made that prediction. This would never have said uh, Jumanji is going to do fine and then hold firm and then take first place and then hold it for two weeks and make over $600 million worldwide. Would never have said that. Right. I would. I, if you had made me bet, I would have said, yeah, it'll get swallowed up by Star Wars and then drop like a rock. And that 
was the exact opposite of what happened. Yeah. No, uh, it, this, it's, I, I have not gotten a ch- out and gotten a chance to see it, mm-hmm. given everything that's going on, I really should. But yeah, it, it's really impressive. And I think for our generation, you and I saw the original Jumanji in 1996 or 97, whenever it came out, with Robin Williams. And I loved an it. Actor, yeah, an actor community that we love, the movie that we really enjoyed. And you're like, why are you remaking this? And I, I actually did get a chance to see it because with all the buzz that was around it and how well it was doing, it was one of these moments where, well, now I have to see it. <laughs> now I have right. to see this. And I I saw it, and I, I told you guys on the Facebook page I saw it, and I will say this much. It is a legit, fun family comedy. Like, it's a PG-13, so it's it's a legit PG-13, but, you know, if you got, not, not children children, but you got adolescents or, or, you know, teenagers, all of you guys can go see it, and you're all going to enjoy it. I would say it probably, and, it probably fills the same role as like the original Pirates of the Caribbean did. That's probably a good way of putting it. But this was, I mean, and I'll say this much. It's hard to make me laugh in a movie. This was legit funny. There were some legit funny gags and scenes in this movie. And it was nice to see Jack Black almost steal the movie with his, basically, it's Jack Black playing a self-absorbed teenage high school girl well i I mean we talked about this before we got started here you've got three actors with tremendous comedic timing yes i mean i i I, and i've i have not hidden the fact how much i like the rock um i think uh, before the movie there were like five rock trailers movies he's going to be in like rampage and a bunch of others um he's playing and what's cool is like you said they have great comedic timing and they're playing against their their type in especially rock and and jack black which is kevin hart's just still kevin hart and that was a missed opportunity but and no one really knows the the redhead i mean if you were a fan of doctor who yeah if if you're a fan of doctor who you know her doctor who and guardians of the galaxy but she's so she's she's so covered in makeup yeah yeah and then she did a abc tv show that i actually kind of liked that got canceled in one season which one was that Uh, i don't remember the name because <laughs> it got canceled in one season. John Cho from Harold and Kumar is on it. He plays opposite her. It actually wasn't that bad, but it's it's gone. Uh, but those, it is legit. So it's actually for for this time of year, it's actually done pretty darn good. And I selfie. I just think selfie. Yes, that's it. Actually, not that bad. And I'm one of the few people who thought that, which is why it got canceled. So that's it. I mean, we, we talk about the awards real quick. Do you want to do that? Sure. I mean, I I have not at all kept up on awards, but I tried to. Um, Golden Globes happened last week. A couple of them I have seen, a couple of them I haven't. Uh, best motion picture drama was Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. I didn't see this. I saw the trailer. I didn't think I was going to like it, but it's got a lot of buzz behind it. So I'm, I will see. I'm planning on seeing it Wednesday, and I will report my findings. Best motion picture musical or comedy was Lady Bird. No surprise. I got a chance to see that. It's good, kind of in a similar vein as, uh, did you see a movie called The Edge of Seventeen? I did not. It's the girl from Split. Actually, both girls from split are in that movie it's pr- I, I liked edge of 17 a little bit better i thought lady bird was just kind of a day in the life of and oddly enough it's about a kid our age because it's set in 2002 and 2003 and that's when she graduates high school Interesting. so it was like you know, right on the button and the girl and i saw it and at least one thing we really did like about it was that this is one of the few movies where you have a dad character who is a good dad and doesn't die in the first 15 minutes it was actually refreshing to see that because at least in Hollywood movies, it seems like dads will either bite the dust or they're terrible. Um, but, but, but best performance by an actress in a motion picture was Frances McDermott in Three Billboards. So again, we'll check best performance by an actor in a motion picture drama was Gary Oldman in Darkest Hour. I got a chance to see Darkest Hour. It's fantastic. It was kind of what I wanted Dunkirk to be. And I feel like you could splice the two movies together and you'd have the ultimate Dunkirk movie, to be totally honest. Right. And it'd be almost seamless. But Gary Oldman, he's got to win the Oscar. He was fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, best 
actress in a motion picture was Sorsha Rowan from Lady Bird. She she was good. And, and uh, I do want to point out something about her. She's 23 years old, and she will probably be nominated for two Oscars in three years. Wow. She did Brooklyn in 2015. Ex- a very Another very good movie. She's super Irish. If you listen, if you uh, watch her interviews, very, very Irish. And in Lady Bird, she plays a California girl, loses the accent immediately. Best director is Guillermo del Toro, Shape of Water. <sighs> I haven't seen Shape of Water, have you? No, I have no idea what it's about. I know it's some kind of science fiction, but I have no idea what it's about. It's a science fiction movie set in the 50s. Our friend Chris and his wife and actually girls saw it, and our friend Baruch saw it, and they all liked it. It's kind of like Free Willy. Like, you got this creature captured and someone's going to let it loose. Hmm. Uh, It looks like Abe Sapien from Hellboy. I'll be honest, my bias is always against Del Toro, but it's won a couple awards, so this might be something you want to look out for. Best performance by an actor in a motion picture musical comedy was James Franco in Disaster Artist. I called that, and I'm happy for him. I thought it was a good performance, even though now he's gotten a lot of accusations sent his way. Uh, Best Supporting Actress in a Motion Picture. Uh, Your your girl, Allison Janning, for I, Tanya won. Good. I like Allison Janning. She was very good. I saw this. I, Tanya was great. I love Margot Robbie. I think Margot Robbie is the best part of almost every movie she's in, even Suicide Squad. I don't care what you say. Uh, she did not when she lost to Sorcerer, but Allison Janney plays Tanya Harding's mom in it. She's very good. Um, so if you're a fan of the West Wing, I would get a chance to West see Wing. it. I mean, uh, I even, I've, I've not kept up with it, but I really also really like her comedy. I can't remember what channel it's on, but her um, mom. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't kept up on that one. Uh, best Supporting Actor in a Motion Picture was Sam Rockwell in Three Billboards. Again, looking really good. Best Score was uh, Shape of Water. Best Original Song. Now, you, oh, I did want to ask you about this. This is me on The Greatest Showman. This is another movie that I thought was going to tank hard, and it's not tanked, but it, it's, it's not just done, it's, it's just ha- coasting. It's yeah, it's holding. It's just holding, and I'm which, I'm still impressed. Which is kind of what I called. It. Yeah, you did. You said it would, you would at least break even, and I had a I dug into it a little <laughs> bit more, and I think you're right. I, I asked around, and Rich thinks it'll break even, and. When it comes to box office, he is the final word for me. I was like, okay, whatever you say. So, yeah, uh, my mistake on that one. Uh, yeah, it's in 94 domestic and 194 worldwide gross. Right, and I thought it would stop about a, at about 80, but it looks like it'll make that 200 worldwide to break even. No, I, so I think... Or even to turn a little profit. I, right? I think the I think the movie did very well word of mouth. Yes. Because the, yes. fir- the first weekend was kind of disappointing. And then yeah. it jumped up for about two weekends. And then it's yep. had a slow taper off from here. But it's like last weekend, it still pulled in 11 million. Right. That's what it's interesting is it started at eight, but it's hovered between the 10 and 20 mark. Uh, for the following three weeks. Yeah. And and if you can do that, it's sitting at number five right now. Uh, and if you can do that for several weeks, you know what? You can pull some you, money in. You will pull some money in. So, yeah. and you saw it, you thought it was all right. No, I I really enjoyed it. The, you did? You really? Okay. Yeah. The only the only complaint uh, both Becky and I had, well, one I had one complaint was, you know, they're definitely uh, looking at the, the lighter side of P.T. Barnum. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the you know, there's a, a quote at the end about you know how wonderful it is to entertain people and you know the far better known quote from pt barnum is there's a sucker born every minute right so you got to balance those out the only other complaint we had is that every so often when the ensemble's singing in the numbers it's a little bit hard their their diction's a little rough 
Ah, but did other... they they do it live like they did Les Mis, or was this post recorded? I'm almost you know? I'm almost certain it's post recorded. Mm. The the there's a, there's a number though between Zac Efron and uh, Hugh Jackman that both performance wise and choreography wise is just spectacular. Hugh Jackman hmm. Hugh Jackman's trying to talk Zac Efron into becoming his partner, mm-hmm. and it's the two of them at a bar as Zac Efron's trying to walk out, mm. and it's it's a really spectacularly done number. I think I will check this out when it makes its way to the base. Um, I think I will I will give it a look. Just because, again, it's one of these movies that are doing something slightly unexpected. I, I can't remember the last time a movie just kind of sat in third and fourth and fifth place and still cranked out money. Yeah. I mean, people are really seeing the mov- uh, movies this these last couple of weeks. If you, you and I are probably both looking at the 12th, and, and we are in a, in a long weekend, but we are looking at the January 12th, 14th weekend, and you don't get a movie that goes below $10 million until you get to Pitch Perfect, which is ninth. Right. And it's a huge drop-off between Proud Mary and Pitch Perfect. I, that doesn't happen all the time, so yeah, you know, so, good for Hollywood. So literally, Greatest Showman has spent three weeks at fourth and one week at fifth, and mm. it's pulled in $94 million domestic yeah so hey get it however you can yeah you don't you don't have to do um just wrap up the the awards real quick uh best animated movie was coco which for pixar didn't do very well but has broken like every record in mexico <laughs> so it's still doing okay uh tv really quick i don't know much but uh the reason why i'm mentioning tv is that if you go back tracy and i did an episode on the handmaid's tale book and television show well actually we did two episodes one on the book one on the television show yep and that one best television drama um best performance by an actress in tv drama was elizabeth moss in the handmaid's tale uh take another look um this is us was the big winner um not really surprised yeah I know a lot of people like that one. Aziz Ansari was um, a winner, and there's a series that I did get to see that was a big winner was um, Big Little Lies on HBO, which blew me away because it's a great soundtrack, like great soundtrack. But it's a short series, limited series, but it has Nicole Kidman, Reese Witherspoon, Laura Dern, uh, Adam Sarsgaard? Peter Sarsgaard. Shoot, what was that guy's name? Uh, Alexander Sarsgaard, who was Tarzan a couple years ago. Um... Who else is in that? I think I think that was the the rundown. I mean, a really great cast, like really great cast. So if you get a chance to watch it, it's a limited run series. It, it was a big winner. Uh, yeah, Laura Dern won. So that was. Uh, I'd recommend it, especially just for the soundtrack. The soundtrack was really good. So that'll do it on my end. What have you been into, man? Uh, let's see. Uh, probably the big one actually is I finally got a ha- my hands on a copy of Lord of Light, mm. which this What's shouldn't that? have been this hard. So this is a book by uh, a guy named Roger Salazny. And do you remember the movie Argo? Yes. The Ben Affleck film? Yep. So remember that the premise of that is that they were using the cover of making the, making a movie to go rescue these hostages from Iran. Right. The movie that they're trying to make is a movie of Lord of Light. Oh. It's a science fiction book. Um, and not for that particular production, but there's another production. This is one of those movies that's been in you know production hell for the last fucking 50 years or something. But another production of the film, they had Jack Kirby do concept art for. Oh, cool. Very, very crazy. Very cool stuff. Basically what it is, is a human colony, often 
you know, somewhere like Earth is forgotten. There's this human colony. And basically the it, it's like a, I don't know, Middle Ages, Dark Ages to Middle Ages, uh, like subcontinent Indian society. Mm. And the original, most of the original colonists kind of kept their technology and have instituted themselves as the Hindu pantheon of gods. Ah, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I just finished one of the uh, episodes of Star Trek in the second season where they run across Apollo. Yep. And it's like he and his type, basically, they're so technically advanced, they came to Earth and pretended to be the Greek pantheon of gods. Yep. So that's that's actually a funny coincidence. Yeah, and and the main character is is Buddha or Siddhartha, mm. and he he is also one of these first colonists, and is basically declared war on on heaven. <laughs> yeah, and it, 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 I it, like that kind of stuff. It's that interesting stuff because cool. you know, like the first cha- the first chapter or so is kind of like all right, this is you know this is now, and then chapter number two goes back to. Um, when Siddhartha basically started started his war on heaven. Mm-hmm. And that's when you start getting more and more of the science fiction stuff. Like everyone kind of plays their part, but then when like these first colonists are together, a lot of the a lot of the pretext pretenses dropped. Sure. And it, it's really interesting. And it's, again, it's, it's one of those books I've been looking for for a while. Um, and I finally got a hold of it. So I was really happy about that. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, Becky and I saw a greatest showman. Uh, I, I was just before this podcast, I was once again performing surgery on an iPhone. <laughs> I got a new I got a new phone for work. And because of where I work, I can't have cameras in it. So I had to go remove them. If you're ever interested in doing that, an iPhone 7 is actually fairly easy to get the rear cameras out. You know what? Well, you, you should just post a tutorial about that on the Facebook, on the YouTube page. Yeah, except I'm already done with it. If I had, if I had, had enough foresight to video it, I would have. Ah, yeah. actually, actually, I mean, especially because iPhone 7s are, are a couple years old now, there mm-hmm. are actually some very helpful videos, which is what i used oh okay so that was that was interesting um yes you you messaged me like hey you ready to go and i'm like i literally have just like ripped this thing apart and i'm in the process of getting ready to epoxy some stuff so Mm -hmm. i was like uh give me a few minutes let's see i've been doing that um so star trek discovery is back out after the the mid-season break Mm -hmm. um and they are solidly in the mirror universe so i i actually i i have do not have the streaming service to watch it, but I have been following it, and I like the I really like the Mirror Universe stuff. Like I I know it's not it's not a large portion of the of the uh, canon kind of real estate of the canon, but when they do do it, I dig it. Like I really do do it. So I'm actually kind of excited to see what that how that turns out. Yeah. So Becky and I went back and watched Mirror Mirror last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're still we haven't watched in a while, but we're we're still making our way through uh, um that through next gen mm-hmm. so i figure we'll, we'll cover the deep space nine stuff when we get there yeah i i was i did the same thing i'm just going backwards i finished next gen and i went back to tos yep i mean i, I kind of figure becky and i'll just kind of hit whatever um tos stuff is applicable at the time right i mean there is some really good stuff i was actually thinking the other night about wanting to watch um uh the neutral zone Oh, uh, Balance of Terror? No. No. Or the episode called The Neutral Zone. Oh, no, I'm Zone. sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is Balance of Terror. The the Neutral... No, is it? There's there's three of them. There's the, new, there's the Neutral Zone, Balance of Terror, and the Enterprise Incident. Mm. Enterprise Incident is the one where Kirk pretends to go crazy. Okay. Is Balance of Terror the, the submarine... It's, like the, it's sub- the cat and mouse game between the bird of prey and the, the Enterprise. Okay, so that's, that's the one I was thinking of is, is, is Balance of Terror. Yeah, it's the dude that winds up playing Spock's dad is yeah. the Romulan commander. Yeah, I was thinking about that one a couple of weeks ago and the, the whole you know in another life i could have called you friend yeah you're like god damn that was good writing yeah that was that's an excellent episode. that first i we finished the first season recently and it's just like god these were really good episodes there's a lot here, of here's the thing the second season is even better 
Second season is like that's the season. Mm. Yeah, we just just started it. Third, um, third season's more hit and miss. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that's a lot of it. That's a lot of what I've been doing. I've been reading Lord of Light. I've been doing that. Um, packing, man. We're, mm-hmm. we're 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 buying a new house. Uh, we're building it. Get, getting a house built. So it should be done end of April. And I've got like twenty three boxes so far of of varying nice. size. But yeah, 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 yeah. So no, it's funny you mention that because we've been starting the planning phase of building a house too um really yeah we started we started the planning phase we're not we we're, we're, i should not i should say planning that's too much of that's too strong of a word contemplation research phase gather in gathering intel is i think what we're we're up to um we won't really be able to move on it until later in the year so we're taking that time to just try and get all our bases covered because it's very tough here to do it right uh it's tough to get the land it's tough to get the permits and it's tough to build and i have a friend of mine who's a lawyer and she handles this kind of stuff and she's like about ready to conduct a lawsuit because there's a a client of hers has the land but he can't quite get the permits but because he's not building, he's getting fined, but he can't build it because they're not giving the permits. Right. So he's he's getting double screwed. So, it, uh, yeah, so that's why we are if we are going to do this, uh, we have to have every single duck in a row, like not just in a row, but synchronized. Right. Now, thankfully, I've got uh, we're doing it through a through a home developer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everything goes through them and, and whatnot. They, we, they actually got all the permitting done. Mm hmm. Uh, we got our first like pre-construction meeting, and this should be breaking ground in about a week. Awesome! Very, very exciting. Awesome! So, I'm just I'm 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 mildly stunned to hear you owning land. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but again, we're really in the contemplate research and development phase. Not we we'll, we really can't get anything moving until later this year. I mean, I mean, what's next? Buying another car. Uh, so speaking of that, I busted the tire on Donnell's car <laughs> last night. Exactly the same way I ripped open my tire going to the Baltimore Comic Con those years ago. Just just ch- changing lanes, go getting into the off ramp, and clink, and the tire's gone. Yep. Yeah. Uh, as far as me, uh, I basically covered a lot of it. The only two things I didn't mention are a couple movies: Bright, which is like a fantasy buddy cop movie with Will Smith that everyone took a poop on, like hard poop, like right. a big rocky poop, and then beat it with it. And people were hate-watching it on Twitter, which uh, people don't, I, I don't think they realize that if you hate-watch something on Netflix, it counts towards the views right. and downloads. Right. So that's a metric of success for them. Stop doing that, you idiots. But I didn't think it was that bad. I don't. It wasn't great. It's your standard buddy cop movie mushed with a standard fantasy movie. All the tropes from both genres are there and i think people's main problem was that it was a genre blend in the first place i I just don't know if audiences have the fortitude for that kind of art i just they don't no one likes genre blending a lot of complaints i hear about people like no it was like two movies at once and i've even said that but i thought bright did a fairly good job okay I would will say that was a little too much Will Smith. Like there was like Will Smith was the character from Bad Boys turned up to 11. And what worked about Bad Boys is you had Martin Lawrence as a foil. Yeah. But you didn't have the foil in this one. So it was just Will Smith going full Will Smith. It was a little much at times. Um, Another movie that I thought was going to be an Oscar contender, and I'm grateful it's not, was a movie called Call Me By Your Name. It starred Army Hammer, and the young actor in it was supposed to be the competition for Gary Oldman. Yeah. I don't uh, – it was um, Timothy Calamet, and I believe it's French, so maybe it's Calamet. Um, this movie was over two hours long. 
And as much as I didn't like Last Jedi, I didn't walk out on it. And I've never walked out on a movie except Avatar. I almost walked on this one. Damn. I almost walked on this one. It was so boring. And I understand that the topic is, is you know, it's kind of like another coming of age, first love for, you know, gay men. So I, I know that hit home for some people in the theater. I heard crying, but I almost screamed. It, it had nothing to do with the subject matter, but it was just really boring. But you, and you, we, you, you still got to move the story. Yeah. Yeah. You still got to have a story. <laughs> You still got to be compelling, and and I was. We went to see Ladybird. We went to. See, we tried twice to see Ladybird. It was sold out both times. Damn. Which blew my mind. And we got there like half an hour early to see, it, and it was still sold out. So I was like, all right, let's see this one. And I'm sitting there, and an hour into the movie, I'm like, all right, it's probably got another half hour to go. And then half hour, like ten minutes, it just. And then another fifty minutes. I'm like, this movie cannot be two hours. And then I'm sitting. Huh? How much over two hours is this movie? And then when finally the end credits were done, I ran out the theater. I ran. I just got, I was the out. I could not sit there any longer. I just couldn't stand it. It just, I, I, blah, 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 blah. it was just a tough movie to get through. It was the closest thing I've come to walking out since Avatar. It was really that boring. And finally, I got my solid state drive installed. I got it. I got an operating I, system I, on it. I told you it was going to be good. Oh, I got, oh, it's great. And I, I finally downloaded Doom after owning it on Steam for what was probably six months and not, never installing it. The, the remake, the one that came out in 2016, yeah. is so freaking good. Oh my God, is it good? It's just, it just, you just, you want to scream while you're playing. It's so good. And it's like, it's, it's these scenes where you just get locked in a room with like 30 demons and you got to kill them all. And I, in my head, I'm like Rorschach. I'm like, you're, I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. And you just do destroy them. It's so much fun. The game got back to its action roots. Not that Doom 3 was bad. But this is just you know, Horror Survival still has a place. This is just what it, it's what, it's what the game was in the 90s with graphics from today. And I understand why Doom 3 did what it did because the graphics of then couldn't handle the action of the 90s. We've reached that point where we can do the action of the 90s and the graphics of today, and it's just insane. The game is so much fun, so much fun. So it's one of those things, I mentioned this on, on social media somewhere, it's like every now and again, a franchise will let me down. I will be disappointed. I have been let down by Star Trek. I have been let down by Quentin Tarantino. I have been let down by authors. It happens. Doom has never let me down. That is the one constant in my life right now. Hmm. Okay. And on on the yeah, just just saying. On that, that that was it for me. All right, well, folks. If you like what we do, make sure you head over to thereforeigeek.com. Check out our blog posts and our podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. Burr, burr, burr. So once again, I'm Andrew. I'm Dude. And you've been listening to Therefore I Geek.